Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think we have to ask a very threshold question. Are we better off today than we were one year ago? I come from a state where I was not entitled to become the governor. Here in Virginia, you need to cast that vote for Terry McCollum. There is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? Well, I think what we are referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they, they had eaten masks in hand, where they had not yet put them back on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. It ain't where you start in life, it's what you do with life that determines where you end up in life. And you are blessed to be living in a country that no matter where you start, you have opportunity. As long as you believe in yourself, you believe in the society and the country, and you believe that you can self-improve and educate yourself as you go along. And that's the key to success. All righty, we are going to start right there with Colin Powell today. Colin Powell is a guy who had a remarkable American life. Absolutely. Really extraordinary guy, extraordinary accomplishments. He didn't do everything perfect in my book. I was absolutely rip-leap at him for endorsing Obama in Mm -hmm. uh, 2008. You know, I get it, Uh, and he he made it fairly clear why. I, um, I don't hold... I don't hold the um, UN Iraq, why we need to fight them speech from uh, whatever, 03 or whatever that was, mm-hmm. uh, against him. I think he, he got bad intel, and we went on the intel. And I think regardless of weapons, etc., we had enough causation to go in there. Anyway, there were all sorts of UN things that they, they, the Iraqis had broken. I don't think the war was incredibly necessary, but the 9-11 gave, brought us to a point where it was... We were in an advantageous position and working off of certainly politically to to, to end what we thought was a, a a threat in the area, 
and politically you were striking while the iron was hot at that moment. Mm-hmm. You had all sorts of we we had moved so much American hardware and warware halfway across the world. It just kind of seemed oh this will be a great way to just clean up the whole neighborhood. Well, that's fine. So, but uh, he's an incredible. I mean, the guy's got the incredible American, the most incredible American story. Yeah. He's a guy whose parents came from Jamaica. His dad came in a, literally a banana boat, zero money. Go, They moved into Harlem, where, um, where in this place where he learned, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's actually got the word banana in it. Banana Kelly or something, I think it's called, uh, which is a big curved street like a banana. Mm-hmm. And where he was born, it was all, it was very diverse. Everybody was off the boat and poor as hell. And so it gave him a good perspective on race relations and and poverty and 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 his parents were immigrants so his parents even though they lived in a you know crappy place at the time his parents were thrilled because they were in america they had won the lottery as far as they were concerned and why would you not take advantage of this hit the ground running (coughs) so but he himself not a great student you know grew up there um normal childhood he talked about uh, being in fights um and um and uh you know with other with the he he grew up with friends who are italian jewish um and uh spanish mexican whatever mm-hmm. all sorts of and and was a crappy student when goes on to fall in love with the rotc with the army and military mm-hmm. at city college in new york where he was he like he half-assed it in high school to get in there and then he uh, he served valiantly in in um, Vietnam, and um, you know saved some people's lives. He did two long tours there. He was in a helicopter crash that injured him, almost killed him, and then from there just uh, you know ascended in the ranks. It was a leader among men. Uh, I think it was um, Reagan gave him his first huge promotion into the working into the, in the White House with them. Uh, and then, of course, the Gulf War stuff, which is really where he became a star. Schwarzkopf and Dick Cheney and Colin Powell became stars. And the guys just had a whole incredibly long life. And then, of course, from there, working right into the Bush administration, the Secretary of State. And just I mean, it, it's just a, a long, uh, long life. A guy who fully captures the American dream. Fully. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that you can absolutely be proud of as an american and who is you know today i kind of made the tried to parlay today in, in the connecticut radio station the uh like who's as good as he left right now and there's nobody is as good as he is mm-hmm. just it's just such a perfect story so anyway i poked around for some for some stuff on him and um just uh, talks etc that he gave that would t- kind of color in what this guy's life was and what his principles were. And I found some stuff that, that I think you're really going to like, Alice. I don't think okay. you've heard any of these things. This is not this is not strategic X's and O's. This is kind mm-hmm. of his life experience stuff. <clears throat> so one of the things, he did a TED Talk, and usually I I want everybody... You don't believe in TED anybody Talks. Anybody involved in yeah. TED Talks, I, and <laughs> their friends, I want incarcerated generally. But he t- Powell's a different kind of cat, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he did a TED You'll Talk. You'll let him give you a TED Talk? Yeah, he did a TED Talk about 10 years ago. This was not some a-hole loving that he's got a a wireless head thing 
talking about algorithms and you know paying it forward now that we've hit uh, critical mass in these spaces mm-hmm. and this silo it's not some a-hole marketing dink this is a guy <laughs> who's done stuff in his life so i'll listen to him okay so he talks about when he visits schools he goes around and he visits schools and he, all sorts of schools you know schools where where kids are disadvantaged schools where but he's got this thing that he does that has caught him it has caught put him not in the little hot water but there was some bad press he's start, seen in social media people gave him crap for this practice where he would make the kids come up and stand at attention essentially it's probably not attention it's called whatever but it's a military thing and he talks about how he did it and how he uh loved it he he had just somebody just posted a picture of a kid asking him a question and doing this and he got some criticism on facebook and that's where powell uh Mm-hmm. That's where Powell uh, takes us off. Kids need structure. And the trick I play in all of my school appearances is that when I get through with my little homily to the kids, I then invite them to ask questions. And when they raise their hands, they say, come up. And I make them come up and stand in front of me. I make them stand at attention like a soldier. Put your arm straight down to your side. Look up. Open your eyes. Stare straight ahead. And speak out your question loudly so everybody can hear no slouching, no pants hanging down, none of that stuff. You know, and this young man, his name is, uh, last name is Cruz. He loved it. And it's all over his Facebook page and it's going viral. And he does that. And there's different things just to show because his whole thing is, um, is the structure and mm-hmm. good beginnings for kids. And it starts right. with structure. And actually, you've noticed that like kids love like little yoga classes and this and that. They love that kind of stuff. They oh, want to be yeah. told what to do. Absolutely. So here's a. So and now he talks about um, the, what the military does for a young man. The majority of my adult life, I worked with young kids, teenagers with guns, I call them. And we would bring them into the army. And the first thing we would do was to put them in an environment of structure, put them in ranks, make them all wear the same clothes, cut all their hair off so they look alike. Make sure that they are standing in ranks. We teach them how to go right face, left face, so they can obey instructions and know the consequences of not obeying instructions. It gives them structure. And then we introduce them to somebody who they come to hate immediately, the drill sergeant. And they hate him. And the drill sergeant starts screaming at him and telling him to do all kinds of awful things. But then the most amazing thing happens over time. Once that structure is developed, once they understand the reason for something, once they understand, mama ain't here, son. You know, I'm your worst nightmare, I'm your daddy and your mommy. You know, and that's just the way it is. You got that, son? Yeah, and then when I ask you a question, there are only three possible answers, yes sir, no sir, and no excuse sir. Don't start telling me why you didn't do something. It's yes sir, no sir, no excuse sir. You didn't shave, but sir, don't, don't tell me how often you scraped your face this morning. I'm telling you, you didn't shave. No excuse, sir. boy, You're learning fast. <laughs> but you'd be amazed at what you can do with them once you put them in that structure. In 18 weeks, they have a skill. They are mature. And you know what? They come to admire the drill sergeant, and they never forget the drill sergeant. They come to respect him. And so we need more of this kind of structure and respect in the lives of our children. And he's, of course, absolutely right. Of course. It's a gift to have structure for kids. You know, mm-hmm. it seems regimented. But that's how kids thrive. That's mm-hmm. what any 
childhood development expert will tell you is that routine and structure is so critical for kids development it is so important you know and and I think that it's a big piece that's missing for a lot of kids that that come from more like chaotic backgrounds exactly who don't have as he calls it the gift of a good beginning and he was blessed even though he was poor Mm -hmm. he was blessed to have all of the fundamental um the fundamental uh elements that you need to be raised as a centered and well-cultivated person my gift of a good start was not only being in a nice family a good family but having a family that said to me now listen we came to this country in banana boats in 1920 and 1924 we work like dogs down in the garment industry every single day we're not doing it so that you could stick something up your nose or get in trouble and don't even think about dropping out if i had ever gone home and told those immigrant people that you know I'm tired of school, I'm dropping out. They say, we're dropping you out, we'll get another kid. (laughs) (laughs) They had expectations for all of the cousins in the extended family of immigrants that lived in the South Bronx. But they had more than just expectations for us. They stuck into our hearts like a dagger, a sense of shame. Don't you shame this family. Sometimes I would get in trouble and my parents were coming home and I was in my room waiting for what's going to happen. And I would sit there saying to myself, okay, look, take the belt and hit me, but God, don't give me that shame the family bit again. (laughs) It devastated me when my mother did that to me. And I also had this extended network. Children need a network. Children need to be part of a tribe, a family, community. In my case, it was aunts who lived in all of these tenement buildings. I don't know how many of you New Yorkers but there were these tenement buildings and these women were always hanging out one of the windows, leaning on a pillow. They never left. <laughs> I So help me God, I grew up walking those streets and they were always there. They never went to the bathroom, they never cooked. <laughs> they never did anything. But what they did was keep us in play. They kept us in play. Isn't that great? Can you imagine it? Mm-hmm. Like so well said that constantly this, you know, nurturing and attention, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was uh, it was just like you said, kept them in play on the following the fold. Right. Uh, and I think it's an interesting point because, you know, it's it's something that I read in a parenting book one time about like sort of and I'm going to forget the phrase they used for it in the parenting book but basically like the kids need to like feel like they have freedom to like wander around and do stuff and explore and like be in their own little world like our kids do it in the yard right they're all around the yard our kid has his relaxing spot he's out there like singing to himself and collecting acorns and like just like in their own little universe out there doing stuff but to create that environment where a kid can just be free but be safe and be supervised requires a, it's somebody paying attention. You know, right. it requires either a parent being attentive or this sort of environment where you have like the network of adults looking out the window and mm-hmm. seeing, you know, and 
that ability our kids have like neighbors that they go to where they like wander back and forth and the big ones are looking out for the little ones and they you know feel like they're free but they're under like a supervisory eye the whole time and they're sort of free within a context and that's so it's so important to remember that like freedom like that can only happen within a structure you know the liberty that we have in the United States to draw it into a broader concept can only happen if you have the structure of like laws that people need to follow and like enforcement of contracts with other people and, you know, a social framework in, in which this stuff can thrive. Because if you don't have that, then you have Mad Max, right? Like, right, and, but and that's those not- can't thrive without values and family values. I hate to to say to use that, but right. Powell will probably appreciate right. it. You can only have success in that kind of like free, amorphous world if there's an underpinning of structures and values in society that's holding that all up. You know, freedom can only occur within that context. And like even what he was saying earlier about discipline and like young people needing this discipline and how they hate the drill sergeant because they're making them do all this terrible stuff. But literally, the only way you can ever get to places where you want to go and do things that you want to do is with discipline. And that's a skill that's learned in your life. The ability to delay gratification and have difficulty to achieve things that you want. Tom is sick, by the way. I'm sorry to the people watching the video who are seeing him. I'm sorry. Do you need more DayQuil? Do you need me to go and get you more DayQuil? Uh, no, that's okay. But, um, but I mean, like, think about it. You can't have the freedom to play piano unless you spend a lot of time, you know, giving up your freedom to practice playing piano. You can't have the freedom to read whatever you want to read if you don't have the discipline to learn how to read in the first place. You know, and, and that stuff, anything that you want to achieve or do or learn or whatever, you can only do through discipline and you can't do that if nobody ever like he says gives you that gift of making you do stuff that's not fun and enjoyment all the time (laughs) at certain points in your life so that you learn to have that skill well which is why you think of all these things oh really all he had when when they got here the people in the all they had all the one element they had they had no special things assets you know Mm -hmm. people in the know uh patronage connections uh, racial privilege. Racial. Pri- they had no other. They had no thing. The only thing they had was family. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing, and a between a family and belief in the promise of this country. Yeah. That are the two things they had, and that's what essentially he says. I tell young people everywhere, it ain't where you start in life; it's what you do with life that determines where you end up in life. And you are blessed to be living in a country that. No matter where you start, you have opportunities. As long as you believe in yourself, you believe in the society and the country, and you believe that you can self-improve and educate yourself as you go along. And that's the key to success. Yeah, totally agree. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. That's right. And uh, a good way to believe in yourself is to be able to have stability enough so that you can track your own improvement. Right. And your own advancement as you're going, as you're getting better mm-hmm. at things, et cetera. But you can't do it in a hurricane. And if you don't have parents around or enough parents around and family, you don't have stability, then you're trying to do all this stuff in a hurricane and it can't be done. Yeah, absolutely. Or it's, it's 
very hard to do it. Yeah, because you're on quicksand. You're, you know, the when there's no nothing solid under you and around you and bounds of, you know, get up in the morning and do the math book. Like, you can't become an engineer if you don't do a lot of math. You know what I mean? Like, the, you can't design buildings. And, and that's, it's such an important thing to learn in your life. And, you know, sometimes, like, so I was always, like, good at math in school, and I never really, like, had to work in math class. I just sort of got it. I never really had to do the homework. I could just show up and take the test, and it was fine. And then, like, I hit calculus, and I didn't really get it. And it, I, like, I struggled so much. I could not figure it out. And it took me until I was in college, like, where I learned I had to sit down and, like, read through the exercises, like, the example problems and really understand and then work through the other problems. And it, like, took time and thought and effort. And I was like, oh, this is what, like, studying math is like. You know, but I think all of us, like, have that moment. I mean, you've probably had it with, like, learning an instrument or whatever, where you, like, go, like... <laughs> Oh, this is like how much work this is to learn how to do this, really. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, you figure out I'm like not good enough at any instruments to be able to use that. As but you like, but what do you? Wh what, what am I good at? <laughs> what are you good at? <laughs> <clears throat> I am. Uh, but everything. I, I don't have these keys to success. No, but everything's reps, right? Or like, mm -hmm. you know, talk radio or doing a podcast. Like you weren't good at that when you first started doing it. Sure. Well, to get into radio, the the. the the thing was to get in and try to be better than everybody who was at mm -hmm. my level. You know, it's, so that's that's all it, it was. But it's, you have told me before you didn't think you were good on the air when you first started doing I it. Wasn't, I wasn't. I was nervous. And, and it, it took I've never told you that I think I'm good on air now, by the way. But I am. <laughs> I, I am, think you're good on air now. I can listen to it myself without, you know, wanting to find a fashion and noose. All right. <clears throat> so here's one last thing I want to play. This is Powell. This is the last last one. And this is, mm -hmm. I thought you would find particularly charming, Alice, knowing you. This is him giving a commencement address at Northeastern University in Boston around uh, maybe 15 years ago or so. Okay. Um, and and, and um, I'll just leave it right there. But I'm not a stranger to this neighborhood. I have to tell you this story. Many years ago, I was a young infantry lieutenant stationed at Fort Devens, Massachusetts, about 40 minutes to an hour west of here. One day, a fellow lieutenant asked me to join him on a double date with some young ladies who lived in the Back Bay section, about five minutes from here on Marlboro Street. He was interested in one of the ladies, and he asked me to join him to run interference with the other one to get her out of the way. Get out of the way. Imagine that. I had never been on a blind date, but he persuaded me to, you know, go give it a try. She was no more interested in a blind date than I was. I was a young Army lieutenant from Harlem in the South Bronx. She came from a prominent family of educators in Birmingham, Alabama. She was working on her master's degree here in Boston at Emerson College, and she worked at the Boston Guild for the Heart of Hearing. She was definitely out of my league. I walked in and was pleasantly surprised, as apparently was she. We ended up dating for a number of months, and then President Kennedy had an idea. Let's send Powell to Vietnam to help with the buildup of advisors to see if we can help the Vietnamese. I was to be part of that team. I was excited and anxious to go. So I drove to Marlboro Street and shared this news with the young lady. 
I talked about the adventure that was ahead and that this was what being a soldier was all about. She listened patiently, and then she quietly said, what about us? No problem, I said. I'll be back in a year. Her eyes narrowed, and she raised one of those scary eyebrows that women sometimes raise. I knew I was in trouble. We were married two weeks later in Birmingham. Um, you agree? Mm-hmm. That's it. <coughs> that that was cool. That You'd is cool. like that. You're a Marion type. Am I? I well, maybe not anymore. <laughs> I don't know. According to your new coworkers, you're not. What? According to your, your new coworkers, you're not. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, it That's is. Not Alice, true. Alice I at did the Saint Pauli girl. The Saint Pauli girl's I, list. First of all, St. Pauli girl first of job all, started. I can't get my wedding ring off because I'm too fat now well, to well, get it off. It's so. almost if you tried. <laughs> but so I have so to. This we, ex- so we know I wear my wedding ring yeah. everywhere. Um, but yes, I did mention that I was married. No, you did not. I no. did. They, uh, the, 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 <laughs> I the did. young guys who who I've told are handsome young men, That's very not, successful uh, at the at the St. Pauli the girl. Very place. successful people working in the kitchen. Alice, very okay. successful St. Pauli girl. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them mentioned he was going off to work on a cruise ship. <laughs> yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is a natural entree into wow. My husband used to work in a cruise ship. But no, because um, sous chef Bill Malugin, <laughs> you didn't true. want to ruin it. No, that's not. It's not about ruining it. I didn't bring up that my husband worked on a cruise ship as a teenager because I think that's weird to always insert myself into everything everybody says. Like, oh, I know someone who worked yeah, on a cruise ship. That one oh, didn't this, make it. Oh. That one. That, I mentioned that I was married, yeah. but I don't have all my well, conversations. I'm, I'm married. I mean, I am, I am very in love with you. And I'm I have technically to, married, sure. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I am very in love I'm, with you, and I have to suppress the urge, but I try uh, not to have every conversation be like, well, my a, husband, there is a Tom Shattuck, somewhere. you heard of him? There is he's a binding, pretty famous. <laughs> what? And he's like, <laughs> worked on a cruise ship, too. What? He's done all kinds of very cool things. You, oh, is that the only choice possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm technically married. Oh, so you married? That's not true. But I did great. I made, it's complicated. I made wraps fine, I and it. sandwiches and paninis and salads. Mm-hmm. I was not put on pizza duty yet. I was not, but we'll uh, I was told I did well, and I got fifty bucks and a four pack of beer. And I was told Whoa. I will be asked back. So we'll see what happens. I love that. I love that. I love it. Um, all right, so. I guess we can now move on to the issues of the day. I guess, to me, sorry, to me, the um, you could see it coming. You could absolutely see it coming when this weekend Joe Biden was spotted Saturday night in a fancy restaurant in Washington, D.C. Uh, without a mask. Jill didn't have a mask. They're walking through the restaurant. And so you can the see The help had masks on. The help had masks. Secret Service had masks. Everybody had masks because that's the rule, not only in D.C., but in the restaurant itself. They also have... That's our rules. You have to wear a mask. Biden doesn't have a mask on. And he doesn't have a mask on. It's fine because he's not afraid of the coronavirus, which is fine, too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Peter Ducey asks Saki about this. And now, <clears throat> you would know... What are you looking at? Oh, somebody just inquired as to what one could possibly mean by crushing abs. So, well, 
on Twitter, which made um, me laugh. So, so, so Ducey asks mm-hmm. her, and now you knew which way this was going to go, right? Mm-hmm. You knew which way this was going to go. Uh, there is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? Well, I think what we were referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten, masks in hand, no, where they Jen, had not yet video. put them back. <laughs> I think that's what you're referring to is where a rest- It's funny how that Border Patrol whip was absolutely, absolutely a whip. And this video, which is absolutely people who wear masks, there's a lot of context to that. Mm. Yes, what you're referring to is a photo of on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But I don't think we should lose miss lose the forest through the trees here. And that-, uh, that is that what we're doing? Are we losing the forest through the trees? No, we're. Or seeing- are we noticing that there's one set of rules for one right set of people and a different set for important special people right and she's mischaracterizing what the action was that we they all walked saw. through the whole restaurant without right. masks on there's video of it <clears throat> right and if we're all allowed to go by the there are times when the masks don't come on rule well then that's excellent it's good to know that we are mm-hmm. but we've been told that they've lost patience with half the country who keep flouting mask rules that absolutely save lives and it's fine. It's just, it's nice to see it. They know that they're busted. I mean, as far as I can tell, Joe Biden killed Colin Powell this week by not wearing the mask in the restaurant. So that's by their logic. That's how uh, this works, right? Remember, Trump killed Herman Cain. So Joe Biden in the restaurant <laughs> killed Colin Powell. All right, all right. Our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that uh, that schools and companies around the country... Our objective is to get more people vaccinated. You can trust us, and also, we don't do what we say you need to do. Mm-hmm. So our that's our objective. We know that that's your objective, but it's better attained if you have some credibility. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're goddamn liars. They do. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. We can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy. Oh, it really reminds me. We're just going to talk this over. No, we're, we're talking right past it. That's right. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. It was not just exiting the restaurant, though. He was walking through the restaurant with no mask on. There is a carve-out for uh, people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking. So I'm just curious why the president was doing this. I think I just addressed it, Peter. Okay. All right. Okay. She addressed it. That's, That's it. Right. That's all you get. They'd rather misdirect and just say empty words that are totally falsifiable. Uh, falsifiable mm-hmm. and uh, so disconnected from the truth that we all laugh. They would rather do that than use the moment, maybe, mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, even considering a learning experience. You know, right. a teachable moment. They could use, they, but they're not. They're not going to absorb any. This is all. This is all gaslighting. We will absorb absorb no hit from you. No. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. No, no uh, 13 soldiers killed in Afghanistan. Historic uh, airlift. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we're not going to absorb. No problem uh, with the supply chain. It's part of transitory stuff that uh, is part of Trump policy. And if you it's not don't happening. like it, you're anti-paternity leave. So Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's remarkable. It just shows you that they're out of any reason to just be anymore. Other than 
Biden has muscle memory of acting like a windbag hack, and he does because he's been doing <laughs> it for 50 years. So that's why he can go and just do windbag hackery every day. Other than that, there's no, there's no stuff happening anymore. Right, it, they're not doing anything. I don't know if they're realistically going to get these infrastructure <coughs> bills passed because they're also mad at each other. Manchin has come out and said that he'll only do the child tax credit expansion if there's a work requirement and it's only for families that make under $60,000 a year, which is not acceptable to the progressives in the base. That's not what right. they want for their historic new entitlement program. And I mean... He's also whacked out the climate stuff. Yeah, he doesn't want the climate stuff either. AOC's mad. So, and the problem is, like, yeah, they can pass it at a party line vote with just Democrat votes, but they can't do it um, if they can't get the same thing through the House and the Senate or roughly the same thing. You know, they can't, uh, you know, if Manchin and Cinema are going to tank all the things the progressives want and the progressives have already shown that they're willing to tank stuff that the moderates want in the House, like they could end up with nothing here. The midterms aren't that far away. They're only a year away and then they're stuck with what they've got. That would be magnificent. That would be. I don't know. I mean, I tend to think probably the bipartisan memo still at some point passed, but like, I don't know. They're, the squad is holding it hostage. So like anything could happen here. They do. I want to uh, donate to her. <laughs> to AOC? Yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. She's the more, more, she's more typical of the passion on the left now. She makes more sense. She's all for it. She's, she is these people on the Winchester Facebook page who purged me again last night and, and, and from the Winchester. You saw that, right? Were you purged from the group, or was the post? I can't deleted? tell. I know I'm not allowed to look at it. It said it. It's either been deleted or. Can you see anything else in the group? No. Well, oh, oh I don't know. I don't know. You should see if you can see the rest of the group. I know yeah. that that conversation is over. I'm not mm -hmm. allowed. In. That one's over. <laughs> so for saying, oh, so we, we talked about this yesterday, right? We did on the air, right? Winchester. Yep. On this, the Winchester, the Winchester mass. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying my email address for some reason. So there was someone a, a, who said that there was a hate crime that it was per perpetuated on a racial incident. A racial incident, right? Okay. So I, uh, I, I took umbrage with somebody calling out all the dumb whites in the town. As far as stupid white in the thread, these whites, these white, all the people. white nonsense. Yeah, white nonsense. I said that was racism, and they can never take it when you say that. When you, when you say it, and then you mean, and then you use some of their words against them. You know, <clears throat> what is it? Um, othered. Yeah, I use yeah. othered. You know, they don't know how to. So, so anyway, they pretended they were taking it in stride as I was, you know, suggesting that was racist, and it actually is. <clears throat> it is racism. When yeah. you're valuing somebody, you know, that's so that's the racist incident what ha that happened in town. Do no wanna... white people on the thread said anything about black people as a group or about Asian or people as anybody a group. Or or... Right. So anyway, I I woke up this morning and I was I had been othered myself. <laughs> othered been, out of the I'd Winchester been, group. Whatever. I'm get tossed. And a guy who's in the know told me on social media that apparently the going, uh, the scuttlebutt is that one of the kids or somebody in the Winchester sixth grade team had called a coach, an Asian coach, mm -hmm. a fat bozo. <laughs> what was the race of the perpetrator doing that? <clears throat> I don't know. So how is fat bozo an ethnic thing? I don't know how <laughs> they would, how they would, I mean, if you can make a, 
a strap into a whip, then I guess you can do... Is there a dangerous Asian trope about clowns and Asians? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't is think there? so. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I'm saying mm-hmm, is there? Like, I'm, I agree right. with the question. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how you turn that into a racial anything. So maybe Alice, that's why maybe they never disclosed what the crime was. <laughs> I was called a fat bozo. <laughs> right. So, but that's why maybe they never posted on Facebook what that that incident had happened. That's somebody who just messaged me. Because they said, okay, we have somebody who's Asian here. Somebody said something intel- insulting to an Asian. I don't. I can't. There's still part of me that remembers the before times when I wasn't insane and Bozo was a clown. <laughs> and fat is not a thing about Asians. Oh, but maybe. Did you know that um, fat phobia is inextricably linked to the history of racism? Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> so maybe that's why. So no, that phobia so, is racist. So I think they wanted to mm-hmm. get their, their, essentially their prosecution, without having to show anybody any evidence, like a tribunal, like they do with the college sexual assault cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they wanted to get the tribunal to say the race crime happened without disclosing to the public the race crime because it's not a race crime. Right. It's absolutely not. But so that's these are the same people in AOC. She would think that absolutely makes it. Yeah, yeah, totally Mm -hmm. makes sense. It's in fealty to progressive causes. And by the way, somebody saying something like that to an Asian person when Asians are being, uh, uh, you know, uh, victimized all around the country because Trump used the called the coronavirus, the Wuhan flu, which immediately mobilized all the white supremacists out there, which are (laughs) omnipresent, to go uh, harm Asians, and some of whom aren't white too. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, um, so so it's too good to be true. It, so that felt like it's right. So that's why they tried mm-hmm. to do this, and that's why me saying saying that them calling white people is actually racism because that's definitionally that's racism. You you suck, or you're lesser than because of your skin color. Yeah, that is stop your white nonsense when you say your opinion. That's right. actually racist. <laughs> Right, so that's where we are in that. I've been purged from that group, and that's why I say I want to. I want to give AOC money. <laughs> good, good. I'm not quite sure. I follow every leap of logic. But those people yet. in that group, they consider mm-hmm. themselves really good people. Yep. Yeah, they. I mean, they're the same they people who got rid of the Sachem's name because they mm-hmm. just knew. They just knew. That's right. They knew what you meant when you thought about the Sachem's. Right. They did. Huh? You know what else was a racial incident? No. The last gubernatorial election in Georgia was also a racial Oh, that's right. We have uh, Stacey Abrams talking about that. I come from a state where I was not entitled to become the governor. But as an American citizen and a citizen of Georgia, I'm going to fight for every person who has the right to vote to be able to cast that vote. And here in Virginia, you need to cast that vote for Terry McAuliffe. Yeah, they're bringing in the big guns for Terry McAuliffe they're, because he's been going around saying that parents don't have the right to say what their children can learn yeah. in school. And in the meantime, the woke Loudoun County School District has been covering up a rape by a trans student in a bathroom, right. in a unisex bathroom. So that's great. But um, 
So, yeah, so Glenn Youngkin's been kind of getting some momentum down there, and they're freaking out. So they're sending in Kamala. They're sending in Stacey Abrams. Right, they're, they're trying to make sure in. the black folk gets out there and, right. and moves. And that's why Stacey Abrams was not entitled. She, she said, was not allowed to be governor I of Georgia. I state where I was not entitled to become the governor. But Imagine that. You're not being <laughs> entitled to become the governor? You're as entitled as everybody else. Right. I also was not entitled to become the governor of Georgia, honey. Yeah, you, you believe it? I was. Stacey Abrams wasn't entitled to become the governor because uh, because not enough people voted, voted for her, her. <laughs> during the time when I think the vo- voter Georgia election laws were good and noble. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I I don't know what else you would want, and I don't even think it was particularly close in the end, was it? I don't know. I don't think it was. But anyway, yeah, she's still, I mean, and people were joking about this saying, like, because she did say, you know, that her election was stolen and people were saying insurrection. But like, oh, yeah, she's still walking around making hay out of this, saying that she it's, wasn't it's, allowed to become governor of Georgia because of oh, her yeah. race. Like, what? She goes on and talks about January 6th and the big lie. She talks about it proudly. Which, first of all, no one, and I like, <clears throat> I, I know I like can't stop saying this and i don't understand why the left is so obsessed with the term big lie but nobody should use the term big lie that's nazi terminology literally why are we doing why are we doing the big lie thing like well don't you think that's why but i thought we weren't supposed to compare things to nazis well when you're talking about nazis you're allowed to i think i, I think it's kind of problematic to, i would think it is too because to uh call a riot at the Capitol, a Nazi thing. Right, so and what they've done is devalue the term the big lie, which used yeah. to mean the Goebbels campaign to make sure that you could get sentiment um, for to to rile people up to kill Jews. Right. Um, and to, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something. That was a useful term, the big lie. I, you knew what it meant. Now it's been devalued. Now, now it's, the big lie means Trump, which is now crazy. Now electoral because- recounts in other places that people mean. And so now that's the new big lie? Well, I guess then we've got no original big Thinking lie. Thinking that there's voter fraud well, People like Jake Tapper lie. use that all the time. He's happy to use it. He's happy to have... Um, but it's like wild to Abrams me on. that the left has just like accepted that as an accepted term. I'm I'm sure like, there's the exception. I mean, out like there. you wouldn't go around calling people brown shirts. People would question you if you called your political opponents brown shirts. Alice, what do you think the Winchester progressives think you're married to? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, why are they allowed to do it? And if Marjorie Taylor Greene compares anything to the Holocaust, she has to go on an apology tour and visit the Holocaust Museum and like profoundly apologize for uh, how she should never have called anything anything remotely like the Holocaust because that's too terrible. But they right. can say like the big lie. They can say brown shirt. They can say like whatever. Because Democrats control the noise level on the um, media, of the media. And the Republicans have no noise knob when it comes I mean, to media. Yeah. Or like AOC calling the stuff at the border concentration camps and even like mm-hmm. the Holocaust Museum called her out and said like, please don't call right. immigrant detention centers concentration camps. Well, the camps. next word to come to go will be Holocaust. And actually some of the left's absolute blatant anti-Jewish sentiment will be fine with it, with it happening. Yeah, it's great. Well, remember the one, I think, was it, it was some California college where they had the diversity thing because somebody put swastikas on something and the Jewish people were told that they had to, like, check their whiteness because swastikas are an anti-black symbol? <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, how does that, like, make any sense? 
Oh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, Stacey Abrams is nuts. We're all being told that she's a genius and gorgeous and a superhero and incredible. And um, Is she not gorgeous? I'm not sure if she's gorgeous. I don't know. I can't say anything because fat phobia is tied to white supremacy, so I can't remember. Whenever speaking of fat phobia, you are back in the getting unfat uh, game. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking. Uh, Mike just sent me a message. Hold on. What's the okay? Message? Oh, I see. I see. Sorry, that was yesterday's uh, start. What's up? Is that you playing that or me? Me. Oh hi. Why is it still playing? Oh god. It shouldn't. I'm sorry about that. He sent me a message. <laughs> I don't usually have a coffee cup. Um, so Micah was asking what I was drinking yesterday at the beginning of the show. Oh. And it actually happened to be coffee because you, it was in a coffee cup. Because you are tired, yeah. He assumed it was uh, something else. My goodness, I don't know what these people... Can you believe it? Although, big game on today. Big game, Red Sox. <sighs> nice socks. They going yeah. all the way, honey? I don't know. I don't know. I do. It has been fun watching them. I got to say, I've, I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. And plus, the kids are into them, so I'd like that. Yeah. How are people into sports all the time? Though? I'm already exhausted. I've watched like six games or something, and I'm like, oh, the schedule. It's killing me. <laughs> like, I don't have time. It's, I'm worn <laughs> out in the mornings. Like, how do people watch like a 150 game season of baseball? How can you be into sports all the time? I don't know how people do it. Uh, I mean, I know we have sports fans in our audience, know. but I mean, I mean, like, God bless you guys. I can't, I can't keep up. I enjoy uh, well, the sports when I watch them, but I can't do okay, it. Okay, one, a lot of guys gamble, so that makes things really interesting that would otherwise be boring. You care about the Auburn game in Medford, Mass. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's boring. It. I think it's interesting. It's just a big time commitment to watch all these games, and some of them have been like four and a half, five hour games. It's been crazy. Well, our kids are in bed by six thirty every night. Perfectly yeah, put down, and obviously, so. But yeah, I find the schedule slightly taxing to me. Yeah, they're not. They're not. By the way, guys, my <laughs> kids have an open-ended bedtime. Essentially, that's not true. I put them to bed. All right. So, do you want to play this <sighs> Rokana Cup? Let me ask ask you to uh, opine on this question. One thing, Chris, I think we have to ask a very threshold question. Are we better off today than we were one year ago? Let's just remember one year ago where we were. We had no control over this pandemic. People couldn't go to football games. We had unemployment at 7%. Now we have 200 million Americans vaccinated. We have this pandemic under control. It's going to get better after Delta. We have unemployment at 5% and in the right direction. People are back at football games. It's not perfect. There have been mistakes, but we're a year into it, and this president has made life better. Thoughts? Um, I don't think we're actually better off than a year ago. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, yeah, some of these things have gotten better, but it's largely like people back at football games. If Biden had his way, all those people wouldn't be at those football games. They're doing that in <clears throat> defiance of him. Right, those they've are been, evil red states. They've a lot of been those yelling states. at people since the spring, telling people that it's dangerous in Texas with them gathered. So right. them taking credit for that, and then everything that they're actually in charge of, like the supply chains and the border and Afghanistan, like those things are all an unmitigated, absolute disaster. The, that's like, absolutely true. I would also say, if the RNC had anybody with cojones, they would make a point of this, that at this point last year, you had somewhere far under even 300,000 deaths 
where now you have approaching 800,000. Right. I mean, and like Biden would say that's because like Trump didn't get it under control. But for them to take credit for what's happened so far, when Trump is the person who negotiated the Operation Warp Speed contracts. Trump is the one that bought these vaccine doses. Trump is the one that got the vaccine developed in under a year <laughs> when everybody said it wasn't possible. Biden was saying it wasn't possible. According to Biden, we weren't even going to have adult doses of the vaccine available to everyone this yet. this time like, last year, they weren't going to take them. Right. They, they were thought they people. were terrible. So for them to turn around then and say that they're... You know, they're going to take credit for, you know, more people having been vaccinated and more people. It's like literally they're taking credit for the only things they were against the whole time. You don't see them saying uh, there's no more kids in cages at the border or, you know, we're going to have a sensible foreign policy or our allies are going to like us better internationally or we're going to solve like the supply chain issues because they can't take credit for any of the things that's actually like the stuff that they campaigned on doing. They said Trump was a crazy person who was alienating our allies, who was ruining the border, who was going to screw up Afghanistan. Like, they can't take credit for uh, doing any of their campaign promises because everything went the exact opposite of the way that they promised it would. The only things that are still going okay are things that Trump did or things that red state governors have done. Well, uh, I would also say that maybe things are better for the U.S. if by the U.S. you mean China. Comment on reports that China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile over the summer to the surprise of U.S. officials. Are these accurate, and do these raise concerns about China's nuclear capability? Uh, well, I know General uh, uh, Secretary Austin, I should say, uh, was asked this question this morning and addressed it, uh, but I'm not going to comment on the specific report. I can say and ec- would echo what he said, which is generally speaking, we've made clear our concern about the military capabilities that the PRC continues to pursue, uh, and we have been consistent in our approach with China. Uh, we welcome stiff competition, but do we not? We don't do not want that competition to veer into conflict, and that is. We welcome stiff competition. We want China to develop uh, awesome nuclear capabilities, but we just don't want them to hit us with them. I mean, like, how are we not going to be a client state to China within, like, 10 years? I don't get it. You think it would take that long? I don't, well, I said within. Anymore. I mean, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But I, I think it's, like, it's actually a matter of if China yeah. wants it. Gonna be living in the free republic of Florida. That's gonna be the holdout against the greater China, North American China. Soon. You know that I've always been, mm-hmm. and you've had to tell me to turn it down before. I've always been a avid rap fan. Mm-hmm. Well, my guy Bryson Gray, who I love, yes, has a rap song, and it's charting. Alice, various shots that people are getting now cover that they're, they're they're okay you're not gonna you're not gonna get covid if you have these vaccinations somebody gotta do it hey let's go brandon i keep a drum like i'm nick cannon hey hey let's go brandon pandemic ain't real they just planted hey hey let's go brandon when you ask questions they start banning hey hey let's go brandon hey hey let's go brandon hey hey let's go brandon i keep a drum like i'm nick cannon hey Let's go Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planned it. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, let's go Brandon. Hey, hey. Biden said the jab stopped the spread, it was lies. I remember how you wrote, but you haven't opened your eyes. These politicians are demons just in disguise. Look at Kyrie Irving and Nicki Minaj. 
Look at Australia, that's what's coming uh -oh. next. We don't stand up. Stop complying with them, taking our rights. It's time to man up. That's Bryson Gray. I love him. I've seen him on YouTube before, too, in like talking videos. He's pretty cool. And I like it. Well done, Bryson Gray. I'm just, I'm just uh... And it's clean. All his rap is clean. You can play in front of the kids. No swears. No uh, WAP or anything like that. So it's all safe for the kids. It's all pleasant. And uh, I, I suggest you check that out. I like that. I might even get Tom into rap now. Hey, James, how can I help you? We're almost done. We're just just about done. We're almost done. You want to be on? Um. Just ask a question. Okay. What do you need? You what? need food. <laughs> We're trying to do a podcast here. What for the barrelhead? We have food. We got booed. We got booed. Yes. What's booed? It's when people drop off a little Halloween things. Secretly at your door. Round up your your siblings and get the bastards, James. James. They just it's just they people just give you stuff. That's all. Get them, James. Okay. Get all out right. there. Well, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you guys that you got wash, food. You? It's good. Can I do one more topic? Sure. I wanted to do one more topic that I discovered that um, I thought was pretty funny, but um, basically uh, the. This was a tweet I saw about hotels and how hotels are kind of making a comeback from Airbnbs because one of the things about Airbnbs is that the host can review you as the customer, mm -hmm. too. So you get a customer rating. And um, somebody on Twitter uh, mentioned an experience they had had in an Airbnb uh, in which they feel they probably didn't end up getting a good review from the host. He said, just got a text message from our Airbnb host. Guess we're not getting invited back. I guess the walls weren't as thick as we thought. Oh. <laughs> he ah. said, I didn't realize I could still feel mortified, but here we are. And uh, further down, they have the text from the Airbnb host who lives in the other half of the two family. Ugh. You know, my house is not soundproof. My husband and I were having our morning coffee today in the living room, and we heard you and your boyfriend very distinctly. I turned on my music to try to drown out the sound, but I uh -huh. heard him regardless. It was very uncomfortable and inappropriate. I believe this may be your first Airbnb experience, as you don't have any reviews yet. I won't leave you a bad review. That's not my style, but another host may not be so kind. Please be aware that when you stay in someone's home, it's not like being in a hotel where there is anonymity. Uh, that is a that is in Winchester, Massachusetts. Uh, by the way, uh, it could be in Winchester, Massachusetts. Oh man, how much but, do they um, suck? Yeah, that's a an advertisement for using a regular hotel over an Airbnb Ugh. any day. Because I just speaking of feeling shame, <laughs> it's mortifying. In any case, that would never happen with me and Tom. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> You're very audible, Alice. This is a you thing. I don't want people to know that though. What? <laughs> In any case, do you uh, hear this? Oh, hear what? Why do you work blue so much these days? Work blue. Ever since you've been Saint Paul, I haven't girl, said you a have bad word. Blue. No, not at all. You're just you're um, you work blue. <laughs> That's not true. You just talked about your your many bountiful orgasms on our podcast. I'm not. 
Okay. I did not talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jen Saki. Yeah, we all just imagined it. You never said anything about this. <laughs> I never okay, said Jen. anything about anything. You can uh, head to our Twitter and talk to us more about this there. That's at Burn Barrel Pod. We're also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're Burn Barrel Podcast on Gab and on Parlor. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Rumble channel for when they ban us from YouTube. You can find us on there. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash burn barrel, and a locals page, burnbarrel.locals.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.